Andersons PhD podcast. Anecdotes from 2000 days of researching, learning and teaching. My name is Jesper Andersen, and from January 2020, I'll be enrolled at the doctoral program at the Department of Architecture, Design and Media Technology, Aalborg University. I will be doing my PhD researching music and technology with three articles related to cochlear implant, distance learning and 3D audio. And for me, it will be a part-time job for five years while I will stay in my current position as associate professor and head of Tonemeister program at the Royal Danish Academy of Music. With this podcast, I want to give an informal look into the life of a PhD fellow, sharing thoughts, surprises, concerns and research findings on the way. Thanks for listening. So welcome to this second episode of Anderson's PhD podcast. Uh, today it is uh, Wednesday, January 8th, and I'm sitting here quite late in the evening in my couch in uh, Copenhagen, uh, trying to put together the second uh, my second episode. Uh, for those that, that have listened to the first one, you could hear a sort of an introduction to my whole idea around this uh, podcast uh, and a little introduction of myself. And now in this second episode, I would like to talk a little bit more in detail about the project that I'll be doing here for the next uh, five years. And actually, it's not just one project, it will be three projects, because I have chosen to write my PhD thesis as three separate articles, rather than doing one a very big project. I can say this came out of some different considerations. First of all, I would really like to focus on different areas. There are so many things that interest me, and it's quite hard to find a very deep focus. So I think there's something to my the nature of my, my work with sound and music that I like to, to broaden out. So this is reflected in the project. Then also, my my previous educational and professional background is really more in uh, how can say my mom in in art and uh, creative production work and production management, and not so much in the sciences. Which means that there are some things uh, where I suppose that I might not be the best uh, best qualified to do real hardcore scientific scientific work. Of course, this will be a true scientific PhD. It's not an artistic PhD. We don't uh, use that term. We don't have that here in uh, in Denmark. So this will be scientific, but still, I, I'm trying to be as inventor inventor-ish as uh, as possible in this in this project. Uh, and just just to take everything from the very top, I should mention that my project here is actually a, a part of a quite big research uh, work being done in a in a new research department at the Royal Danish Academy of Music, and we have a, a big uh, common project for more where we are more people working together, and it's called art and learning, uh, because art and learning is basically what we deal with at the at the music academy. And we are currently having a, a research uh, 
head of research, you can say, who helps us all organize. She is already a PhD and now a postdoc and associate professor at the academy. And then we have right now three PhD uh, projects going on, where mine is the, is the newest one. I have two colleagues, Line Fredens, who is also doing a PhD. She's a little bit further with her work now. It's in cooperation with Aarhus University uh, and the University Department for Pedagogy where she focuses on uh, different coaching and practice, uh, practicing, uh, how can I say, practicing uh, strategies uh, in, in, a, in a quite big project that is, that is really closely related, related to a very important point of being a classical musician. You have to practice a lot. So, of course, it's important that you use the time uh, as, as good as possible. And uh, the second project is by another colleague, Peter Brun, who is a composer. And he's doing his project along with the uh, Aarhus University as well. Um, and it's actually a, a pro- product he's uh, a project he's doing that um, that is uh, focusing on creating music and something that will happen in the intersection between art and uh, creation of art and also pedagogy. So Peter is uh, someone who has, for instance, worked quite a lot in having children composing you know a lot of times if you say children uh, children being involved with, with classical music will usually be a, a musician of some sort they learn to play an instrument but it's it could be much a much bigger thing and really interesting if children could also compose their own music and my project is also within this art and learning general perspective but uh, but uh, rather the the main theme for my for my project as an as a as, uh, right now a third of the whole thing would be um, more about the uh, music and technology so the the overall headline for the project is three investigations of the interaction between technology and classical music so even though i have myself a background in rhythmic music uh, yeah rhythmic music is in danish what we call all kinds of music that's not uh, traditional classical music so pop rock jazz folk electronic uh, whatever things like that um i i actually work a lot with with classical music classical music production also and i think it's very interesting overall to look at how does classical music interact with music technology because many times music technology is sort of a stranger in the classical music world you can probably imagine for pop music and rock music the music technology is really an integrated part of the whole artistic expression of a band or of, of an artist They all interact with, it's very normal for a rock singer will always sing in a microphone. Many good singers, they own their own microphone that they will bring whenever they play. Uh, And it's not really possible to imagine a rock band playing without any sort of uh, amplification. Uh, They have guitar amplifiers and other things that will color color the sound. And they work very actively with sound processing and uh, amplification and uh, a lot of different effects and overdubs and uh, things like that. So so studio productions and music technology is totally integrated into a lot of um, pop music, rock and jazz music and so on. And therefore, the sound technology is really something that that, uh, musicians feel very much comfortable with and very much at home with. Uh, and it also means that it's it's there are many many good approaches to designing a very nice technical setup that will uh, fit well with the, what the musicians are trying to do because uh, these two things are totally interacted and it's very normal for the musicians to play for the microphones and so on. 
But classical music is something quite different because classical music, traditional classical music at least, is usually written down on a score. And there's a composer, and the composer is the big famous name and <laughs> that wrote the music. And then the musicians will basically use, you can say, the score is a very simple uh, map of the music where you can see the notes and the rhythm and how loud you should play. But of course, a lot of information is not there. But it's a very simple map of the landscape of the music. And uh, then it's up to the musician to make their own interpretation and make this simple landscape into actually a really, really good artistic experience for the, for, <coughs> for the listener. Uh, and usually this is done totally acoustic. So you will have a musician that is interacting, interpreting the music and then interacting with the acoustic space that they're in. And in quite rare cases, it will be amplified a little bit, but usually not actually. So, so classical musicians usually will encounter music technology when they have to work for a, maybe for a recording of the music or a live broadcast or if they have to play with some sort of amplification. And many times it's quite tricky because there is this uh, distance or this barrier for, for a classical musician to work with the technology because it's not totally integrated to what they do. So as a classical music producer and also as a, as a teacher at the Music Academy, I always think that this meeting is really, really interesting to see what happens when the classical musicians, they, they come across the technology. And what happens, uh, you can say overall, what happens when the sound of classical music is somehow being mediated through technology. Uh, and this is actually the question that I would, would like to address in uh, three different um, in three different articles. So I have tried to, to find some, some areas that I myself think is very interesting, but also areas that could be of quite broad interest, I think. And finally, I would say it's also areas where there's a really good space for a lot of extra research to take place. Uh, and the first article uh, that I'll be st- actually be starting right now uh, is uh, an article that will look into how classical music interacts with the sound of cochlear implants. Uh, and uh, cochlear implant is a, is a device that, y- that you can have operated into your inner ear and placed outside on your head as well. If you are a person that is totally deaf, you can actually, with a cochlear implant, have the ability to hear again. So a cochlear implant is not really a, a normal hearing aid. Where you, um, by that I mean a hearing aid w- which has some sort of a microphone and an in-ear f- earphone that will just amplify the sound to make it louder if you have a very weak hearing. But cochlear implant actually enables you to hear if you were... Uh, at least some people are able to hear if they have, have this operation so they can hear going from totally deaf to hearing sound, which is totally fantastic. Uh, and uh, and the the sound of a cochlear implant for a cochlear implant user is actually not so fantastic. You can understand speech and you can hear noises around you, so you have uh, more safety in the traffic, for instance, and you can you can sort of navigate. But something like sound of music is really uh, quite unpleasant. You should imagine that the sound of a cochlear implant is something like the sound of a robot voice or like a, a something called a vocoder that some music people might know what is. So a robotic voice or vocoder voice. And you can imagine you can understand speech through something, something like that, but to listen to music is really not very, uh, very nice. 
So cochlear implant users, they tend to not go to concerts, and also, as far as I have, I know so far, they they try actually to avoid spaces like cafes and other places if there's loud uh, background music. Uh, and uh, I have found out that there's been quite a lot of research put into, no, not a lot, but some research put into ways of processing the sound of pop music so it could sound better for cochlear implant users and one of the very good uh, researchers in that is called Jeremy and he's at the Technical University in Lyngby here outside uh, Copenhagen Uh, and he invited the Music Academy to try to arrange a concert for cochlear implant and basically that invite from him is what will be was was sort of the foundation or the spark that set up the first article for my my PhD uh, because The general idea now is to, first of all, to arrange a concert, but also to do some studio recordings and now focus on classical music and also contemporary electroacoustic music. And what I would like to do, which probably no one has have really done before, is investigate ways of doing using special recording techniques and mixing and processing techniques to, to change the sound of classical music so it might be more enjoyable for cochlear implant users. And then demonstrate these different techniques at a, at a concert with a, an audience participating. So a part of this project will also be interviewing and uh, gathering Uh, subjective uh, information from from all of these these users here uh, and actually the start of that project will be already tomorrow february 2nd because at, at that day in the morning so this is in in 11 hours something like that i have a meeting with uh, jeremy from dtu and also uh, stefania my uh, primary tutor for the whole project so so we will try to make an an outline for the whole for the whole thing Uh, so that was the first project. The second project I'll be working on will focus on sound of classical music for distance learning. Uh, and when I say distance learning, I actually mean, mean uh, synchronous distance, distance learning, uh, something done by uh, uh, video conferencing. I'm not talking about e-learning and uh, and. Uh, asynchronous e-learning where you can sort of do self-study from home, but I actually mean very high-resolution video conferencing. And this is an area we have been working with at the Royal Academy since uh, 2011, where we have, uh, me and some colleagues, have built up a department for this, which is now, I dare to say, one of the 10 leading departments uh, globally for music academies. And we have a very big uh, experience in this uh, Right now, I will guess we will do around 100 uh, masterclasses during an academic year where we have uh, teachers from Copenhagen teaching to music students around the globe. And also uh, a big part of it is, is uh, uh, good teachers from outside, from other partner institutions that will teach to our students in Copenhagen. So we use this to do some sort of a virtual um a virtual masterclass exchange uh, that it has some very big benefits because we're able to very quickly and and very easily share masterclasses between uh, our good teachers so it's a good way of of getting very close relations to to partner institutions and also something that that starts to to Uh, to to um, come more into mind ar- around this is also the the environmental um, uh, aspects of this that uh, maybe we can sometimes skip traveling with these uh, <laughs> um, messy messy airplanes around so we can instead do do master classes with video conferencing not to stop traveling because it's always fantastic to meet and that has really good qualities to it but maybe to focus the traveling we do. 
and then stay home if there's really no reason to to travel. Uh, and uh, we have put a lot of work into do, doing the institutional, organizational and technical and also the pedagogic uh, foundation for, for distance learning, but especially in terms of the sound, uh, there's actually a lot of extra work to be done that uh, is very obvious for me to, to work on because uh, I have the background in, in music engineering as well. Because for distance learning, we have this general problem that... Um, the sound that the student is producing is not really the same sound that the teacher is hearing in the other end because it's being picked up by a microphone and reproduced by loudspeakers. So the teacher will actually hear a, a different sound and it will also be reproduced in a different room because the teacher is in another listening room. So so we need to... to uh, I could say from, from, from two different angles. One side is that we should improve the quality of the sound transmission so the sound becomes as close as possible. And at the other end, we should be even better at understanding the differences because the more the teacher really knows and understands this difference, uh, the, the easier uh, it will, the more convenient it will be for the teacher also to take these differences into account when they're teaching. So they know what can they comment on and when can they rely on the transmission sound they hear and what kind of details can they actually not really rely on. So this will affect the, the teaching method of what they're doing. Um, and the last, the, the third project, is uh, a project that will focus on 3D audio, also called, called immersive audio. Uh, and this is an area where we have actually in this academic year, so that would be in the autumn of 2019, we have really upgraded this area at the Royal Danish Academy of Music because we have installed a quite impressive 48-channel uh, loudspeaker system that is, is like a very big ambisonics dome with loudspeakers all around and also above an audience. And it's in a chamber music hall where we can have an audience of something like 60, maybe even 70 listeners in there. Uh, and uh, this is an, a system that we use to 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 cooperate more between composers and and tone masters because there's a really interesting overlap. Uh, some some composers work with electronic music and work with sound engineering, and some sound engineers, music producers also work composing. And in this field of 3D audio, we can we can actually meet and we have a, a really nice uh, common ground uh to to work on so 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 it's a, it's a it's a good place to to explore new things together some composers like to work doing maybe electronic music or some other form of uh, artificial music and soundscapes that can be fantastically creatively spread out over a lot of loudspeakers but for tone masters we also have a, we have a quite interesting focus on um on, on doing acoustic recordings and finding different approaches to, to to doing classical music recordings for immersive audio. Maybe there has been a little bit of a tradition to for, for some uh, immersive audio music producers that they like to make a sound that is very impressive where you almost feel like you're sitting inside the ensemble. Some really fantastic work is being done where, where they actually, for the recording process, place the music musicians all around the microphones. Uh, and it seems already now, after half a year of work in Copenhagen, that we have some sort of a, 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 a another way of doing things here where there's a tendency that 
that uh, we can find some some interesting approaches to to actually recreating the acoustic space of a concert hall where you more have a very high fidelity orchestra in front of you and then you have the concert hall acoustics above you and behind you and if you have a very good 3D audio playback system if you move closer closer to the front loudspeakers you will really feel that you move closer to the orchestra if you move further away you really feel that you move into the acoustic space and this is something that you will not hear if you think about um, traditional surround sound loudspeakers where you have maybe three front loudspeakers and two surround or two rear loudspeakers if you listen on a system like that you actually have to sit in the sweet spot to to get a pretty good uh, um, impression out of this so so that's a, a very big and very growing area that I will really look forward to uh, to uh, putting more research time into. And it seems like I've been talking for quite a long time now, getting close to, to 20 minutes, and I would like to try to keep these talks as, as short as possible, so I will round off right now just by mentioning two other things really quickly. One thing is that, uh, as I, I said, tomorrow morning I'm meeting with my tutor and uh, my uh, secondary tutor and project guy from the technical university and we will start uh, making an outline for my very first article on the cochlear implant music so that will be really exciting so i'll pretty quickly be doing a um a, 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 some sort of a an episode just to talk about the the overall structure of that project and then I also have thought about for these these podcasts that I would like to do some uh, some talk about conference presentations because I'm I already know right now that I'll be going to the United States to Albany just north of New York in April to do a, a conference presentation on distance learning sound there uh, and also in uh, May middle of May I'm going to Melbourne to an e-learning conference there that that looks at e-learning for music and I have a presentation on distance learning and I might also be going to Aalborg here in Denmark in March to present the first article, or the outlines for the cochlear implant project. So, so on the way here, I think it's worth an episode to talk a little bit about these presentations on the fly. And then definitely I'll make sure to record these quite short lightning talk presentations and, and then also put them up here as an, as an episode. So they will be here also as a, as a nice archive of presentations. But uh, it's all uh, that's all for me now, and uh, thanks a lot for the attention. And um, looking forward to the next episode three to talk about the more precise outlines for the cochlear implant project. For comments, questions, and ideas, you can reach me at jesper.andersen at dkdm.dk. The music is by Homesick Hank. Check them out. Thanks for listening.